Hi, I'm Pastor Roger Brown. God has gifted me the pleasure to pastor a dynamic, spirit-filled church called Life Changers Church International right here in Pittsburgh, Kansas. I believe God will use this sermon to impact your life and bring His greatness out of you. Man, I hope you get something out of this that will change your life. God bless you. Your time is very important, so I'm going to get right to the message. Have a wonderful day. If you have your Bibles tonight, I want you, if you would, to turn with me to Matthew chapter 24. If I was to title this message, and I will, so that way we can find it on, on all the channels that we are, it is Change Your Posture. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to change the way you stand. Change your posture. And uh, we, uh, I think we're living in a generation where there's a lot of slack when it comes to Christianity. Now, I got two come ons. Amen. Uh, I think every generation, this is what has happened to us every generation uh, when it goes down to another generation has kind of diluted the truth a little bit. And uh, I can even see even in some cases, even my dad, and in and, and some cases, and even before him. When you go back and you begin to research those gospel messages, let me tell you something, Facebook would blow up yeah. if they heard some of those preachers. And uh, because they didn't care, you know, and now we're living in a generation where Matthew chapter 24 talks about, and I'll read that in just a minute, we're living in a generation who stays offended about every single thing. They're tearing down statues. They are renaming NFL football teams. They're, they're renaming all of these things because all of a sudden they're getting offended. And people are saying, well, what, why, why is this happening? Because the Bible said that it would. Yeah. So here's the thing. Here's what I want to preach you. If you change your posture, you will understand what's going on. And you don't have to fear what you see in the news. You don't have to fear what's going on in the ears right now. I mean, I mean, I'm, I got people right now that just absolutely, oh, I don't know, Pastor, what are we going to do? Israel's under attack. Well, in 1967, me and Paulie was talking about it. In 1967, nine nations surrounded them, and they made it in six days. You know why? Because God's on their side. So I don't ever pray, Lord, help Israel. I say, Lord, have mercy on them coming against them. Because that's his people. And that's the thing that's going on right now. And we're seeing this right now. And we're in a place where we're fearful. We're, 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 we're uh, uh, shallow in the word. And we get to, the, to a place to where, to where we are really good about attending church, but we're really sloppy. Everybody say, I love the preacher about being the church. Now we can attend a lot of things, but, but being the church, sometimes there's, there's a sloppiness about it because there's such a relaxation that everybody's telling us, well, let's do it like this because it's easier. You don't have to worry about it and, and, and all these things. And, and listen, grace is, is, is awesome. It is amazing, but it is not sloppy. It is not slippery. Grace is there for one thing. It is to provide the love of God because there's some people in your life that the only reason you can love them is because of grace. Because you know what God did for you. Amen. 
even though what they're doing to you right now, you still look back and God just turns your head every now and then back to where you came from and you say, that's why. That's why I love them. Amen. That's why I do that. Praise God. Because I remember when I first got saved and uh, started preaching the gospel, I was, I was a mess. I mean, I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking. This, never mind. I won't talk about that because sometimes it's crazy. Matthew chapter 24, I'm going to read out of the Message Bible. If you have your phone app, you can turn there. If you happen to have a, a, a Message Bible, or not a Message Bible, Amplified Bible, I'm very sorry. I'm going to read out of the Amplified Bible because there's a few words there that I'm going to choose out of this version. Jesus is talking to uh, the disciples, and, and, and he's fixing to teach them a valuable lesson. Matthew chapter 24, are you there? Verse number 1. Jesus left the temple area and was going on his way when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to the magnificent and massive buildings of the temple. And he said to them, do you see these things? I assure you and most solemnly say to you, not one stone here will be left on another, which will not be torn down. While Jesus was seated on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us, when will the destruction of the temple take place and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end, completion, consummation of the age? Listen, they asked two questions here. Got to hang on just a minute. They asked two questions here. They want to know what, what the sign and when the end was coming. Jesus answered, be careful that no one misleads you, deceiving you and leading you into error. For many will come in my name, misusing it and appropriating the strength of the name which belongs to me, saying, I am the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed. And they will mislead many, for you will continually hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened, for those things must take place. Listen to me. He said they must take place. When you see this on TV, don't sit back and get frightened. These things have got to take place for what is about to happen. These things must take place, but that is not yet the end of the age. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pains. Uh-oh. That means in the middle of this, what's the church going to do? Start producing. Listen, there's a, heaven's got a draw on earth right now. I need somebody to hear me for a minute. It's got a draw on earth right now. And, and, and there is a draw. God is calling people. They are coming out of prison. They are coming out of prostitution. They are coming out of lesbian and, and, and gay acts. They are coming. They've been messed up for years. And heaven has got a draw. And there is a sweet sound from heaven. And it is moving upon the earth. And people are coming from all over. And the sad part about it is, is the church has been saved for 30 years or asleep on the pews and out in the streets. There is a draw from heaven, and God's calling people. He's getting them ready for what's about to take place. 
Sit down, put your seatbelt on. I ain't done yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kings and famines and earthquakes in various places. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pains, of the intolerable anguish and the time of unprecedented trouble. Hmm. Then they will hand you over to endure tribulation and will put you to death and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. And that time many will be offended and repelled by their association with me. Listen, I, I, let me read this before I preach. And will, and will fall away from the one whom they should trust and will betray one another, handing over believers to their persecutors and will hate one another. Many false prophets will appear and mislead many because lawless, lawlessness is increased. The love of many, of most people, will grow cold. But the one who endures and bears up under suffering to the end will be saved. This good news of the kingdom, the gospel, will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. And then the end of the age, listen, he didn't say world yet. Listen to me. You got to get this. You got to get this. The end of the age will come. If we could go to Luke chapter twenty. One Verse number 25, I need to read a statement here that Jesus points out. Uh, you can read the following and probably read this same statement right under here in Matthew 24. But there's something here that isn't in Matthew chapter 24. So Luke chapter 21, verse number 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not provide its light. And the stars will fall from the sky. And the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And all, and all that time, the sign of the Son of Man coming in his glory. Most people say there ain't going to be a rapture. Well, hang on. You can stay here. Will appear in the sky. And then all the tribes of the earth, and especially Israel. Listen, especially Israel. You better not mess with God's people. Don't mess with them. Especially Israel will mourn, regretting their rebellion and rejection of the Messiah. And they will see the Son of Man standing on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory and brilliance and splendor. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet and they will gather together his elect God's chosen ones from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, let your word be established and begin to move in this place. Heavenly Father, Lord, and let your power and your glory begin to move. Lord, let ears begin to hear tonight in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. He says in Matthew chapter 24, he gives us he gives the answers. They ask two questions, and he gives the answers. And the first one he says is, he said, don't be misled. 
Now, in the last days, here's what's going to happen to a lot of things going on. People are going to be misleading in so many different ways. And they're going to come and they're going to talk about, well, uh, you know, we got to do it like this and we got to do it like that. I say just do it like the Bible says to do it and hang everything else up. Because every person coming under... uh, under whatever they want to come under, it's going to have some kind of thing of this is how we got to do it. So many uh, arguments are being argued right now over the Bible, over the interpretation of the Bible and how we interpret the Bible and how we got to do things uh, and how it begins to operate and what's it got to look like uh, and how everything begins to happen that the love of God is not even involved in what people are talking about. And the world today is misled in so many different ways. And the biggest way that we are misled is, is, is because we're listening to somebody as they begin to talk about what God's going to do. Listen to me. But when you ask them to back it up with scripture, they can't even find one. Listen, when somebody begins to tell you about a certain place in their life or about a certain thing or, or uh, this is how God said to do it, and you ask them, can you prove that with scripture? A lot of times they can't prove it with scripture. They only say it because they heard it. And, 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 and listen, listen, there are some things that I can preach because I heard and they preach really good. But if it don't line up with the word of God, then let me shut up and just let God be the truth. Amen. And so, and so he said, don't be misled. So here's the thing. We are seeing things begin to happen. And one of the first things is we begin to see, don't be misled into it. Don't let them tell you. The end of time, I'm, I'm telling you, the end of the age and what God is doing is upon us right now because when you see a cashless generation getting ready for a new world order, when you see the news broadcast begin to broadcast things about and tell, well, this, this is what's happening and this is right. Don't get me wrong. I am, I, I am not, I, I am not prejudiced. I, I am not against the Indian. I'm not against the Jew. I'm not against the Hispanic. I'm not against the, the black man. But I'm going to tell you right now, when we have movements like LGBTQ and when we have movements like, like Black Lives Matter or white supremacy, when we have those begin to move around, I'm telling you right now and, 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 and we begin to be misled in certain things. What is happening is, is that society is pointing out all these things because they're, they're, they are trying to get you to be run by fear. If they can get you to be motivated by fear, then then with faith. I'm telling you right now, what, what, what needs to happen is the love of God needs to move inside of people's lives. And we ought to quit looking at skin color and start looking at what's on the inside of the heart. Because it doesn't matter what the outside looks like. I don't care if you have short hair or long hair. You can even grow a mullet and come to this church if you want to. It's still the power of God. It's not what's on the outside it's what's on the inside and don't be misled by CNN and ABC and NBC and all of the news channels and social media do not get your understanding of the end of the world but what TV is going to produce but find you a Bible find you a prophet find you a preacher that will stand up in this day and hour that's got some guts in him and that will preach the undying power of the word of God. Hallelujah. 
so sick and tired of this limp-wristed generation uh, walking around. Uh, and Well, don't say that because you'll offend people. Don't talk about the, their pet sins uh, or the sacred cows uh, because they won't come back. Uh, well, don't talk about all this and all that. Uh, well, you know what, Pastor? I think homosexuality is wrong. Uh, well, I think shacking up with somebody before you're married is wrong. Come on, somebody. If we're going to preach the gospel... If we're going to preach the gospel, then preach the gospel and be true about it and stand in a position and know what God says and get ready because this world ain't seen a revival like what's fixing to happen in this generation ever in their life. Woo! King James Version says, take heed for yourselves. The Amplified says, don't be misled. And the King James says, hang on just a minute. You need to take heed of the situation. You need to see what's going on. And you need to understand that everything that is happening now is not because uh, some, uh, some, 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 some big guy's trying to take over our mind over in Europe uh, and over in all he's trying to do that. It, it, he's telling us what's going to happen before it ever gets there. But we read it on the news and hear about it on, 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 on some version of how somebody thinks what's going on and all of a sudden fear begins to get in their mind and now gas shortages are all over and people is, is strumming along. The, the, the very last time that I ever seen a time where there was a gas shortage was in 2000 when Y2K was going to happen. And I remember that that is the year that God said step out and go full time and quit your job. And I still I stood and told everybody what I was going to do. You know what they told me? This is the wrong time to do it. You don't want to quit your job yet because we're going back to Adam and Eve day. We're going to be riding a horse in a buggy. Everything with the computer is going down. Your cars won't start. The gas pumps ain't going to work. There's not going to be any food. There's not going to be any shortage. And I remember standing there in the Mexican restaurant in Atoka, Oklahoma, eating my chips and my salsa. And I looked out at the gas station and there was a line on Highway 6975 going through a toka. There was a line a mile long and people was trying to get gas and filling up gas cans. And I'm eating my chips and my salsa and somebody says, do you think you ought to go full time? And I said, there's no better time than to go full time and to trust God. Don't you know when God calls you out and he wants you to do something in the generation, don't listen to somebody who thinks they know how to do it. Follow somebody who's been through the fire, baby, and knows how to get out to the other side. That's what we need. It's another generation to be leaders and walk us out in it. Hallelujah. He's telling us, he says, he says, first thing, he said, don't be misled. He said the second thing, he said, don't be frightened. Now listen. He didn't say, don't fear. There, there's a whole different deal from here. Because see, you can have fear in your heart, but not be frightened. Because a frightened person, 
of somebody who is scared. Anybody in here like snakes? I know somebody shot at a stick the other day and thought it was a snake, but... See, there's a difference between, uh, between saying, I fear snakes and I'm scared of snakes. I remember one time going fishing down in southeast Oklahoma and I was having to walk through the grass because there was a pond over there and somebody said, I caught an eight-pound bass over there. And I stood on the dirt road looking out across there because it was about 85 yards across tall grass getting over there. They said the only bad thing about it is is that thing is full of water moskins. So I had to make a decision. Was I going to go fishing and get the eight-pound bass? Or was I going to stay on the dirt road and be scared? Scared is a word. S-K-E-E-R-D. It was on the back glass of my 1987 short-wide Chevrolet. I ain't scared. So I had, to, I had to stand on the dirt road and try to decide, was I scared or was I going to go get that big bass? And I decided after I listened to a little bit of Hank Williams. Come on, somebody. Got a little change in my... No. Yeah, it is. That's Hank Williams Jr. That's good stuff. Listen. Listen. I got ready. I got my fishing pole. And I stood. And I had to get me a line. Telling you now, I'm only 5'7". Actually, maybe 5'5 five, five and a half. But my license is 5'7". And this grass is about up to here. I had my fishing pole in one hand, had my tackle box in the other hand. Now, if you could just imagine, this was not a Holy Ghost shout in a Pentecostal church, but if you could just imagine what my little short legs are. I was about 19 there, so I was a lot quicker than I am right now. And I was jumping through that grass going, time I got to that fishing hole, I, I had to go. And the whole time I was fishing, I was looking at the ground. I wasn't even enjoying where I was at. This is what he's saying about don't be scared. Because, because this is the greatest time ever. He said that we are in birth pain. Listen, listen, listen. We are in birth pangs. The things that are hurting us right now, the things that we are seeing, and then the things that are oppressing us, God is taking a nation, a nation underneath him. I'm talking about a nation, a Christian people, and he is causing, he is calling, he's causing a reproduction to happen inside of our lives, and he's doing it with everything going around us, but we're not enjoying it while we're there. So many people today, they got their mind on what's happening over here and what's happening over there. I'll never forget. I tried to find it when me and Anna went back to uh, <clears throat> Bentonville this weekend for a birthday. We was riding to a place there. There used to be a church that I would go to. It's called End Time Harvest. 
And I mean, it seemed like once a month they was having me to come in. It was a big church there. And back in 2000, 2001, 2002, I mean, we just always traveled the area. And I was trying to find that church. <clears throat> and I'll never forget it because one day, I mean, we drove all the way in from Oklahoma with, 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 Car- with uh, hauling a travel trailer. We was coming in, was getting ready. And I walked into the front door when I did. There was a guy standing there and he was crying. And I thought, whoo, the Holy Ghost is sticking here already. And so, so I walked over to him. I put my arm around him, patted him on the back. And I said, man, God's good. He said, yes. We lost a good one today. And I said, oh, man, what happened? He said, Waylon Jennings died. <laughs> listen, I like waiting like anybody else, but but uh, listen, they're not enjoying where they are at at the moment because their mind's still so consumed on the world. The church people today, we are still consumed with the world. Everybody say, I love the preacher. If you think this stock market, uh-oh, got quiet is going to be the establishment of your wealth. You have sadly mistaken what the Bible has already said. I'm not saying you're going to go to hell because you have stocks in the stock market. I didn't say that. But what I'm saying is there's a lot of people that are consumed by that. They're consumed by what's going on. They're in a good mood because it went up. They're in a bad mood because it went down. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And sure enough, surely, I mean, if you would lose a hundred and something thousand dollars like some of them did, but the thing about it is, is they got their investment and they're scared. This generation, can y'all handle this tonight? This generation now is built more on material thing than it is down on our knees and praying and fasting and believing what God is saying. Because when God says he's going to do a thing, he's going to do a thing. He says, so don't be frightened and don't be scared. Don't let these things begin to come because here's the thing. He said, nation will rise against nation. But he said something very significant. He says kingdom against kingdom. You know what that is? That's you. You are the kingdom. And the church is fighting against each other. And it's not even in unity. You know why we can't get nothing together in Pittsburgh, Kansas right now? Is because the pastors is not in unity. Come on, somebody. Whoa, Roger Brown. We got to get back into unity. We got to get past where we're located. We got to get past what kind of music we do. We got, we got to get to the main thing. And the main thing is Jesus Christ. Because first things first. And if you make the main thing first, I don't care if you're Baptist, you're Presbyterian, or you're Methodist. When we come together as a church, as a kingdom-minded people, things happen. We start seeing a change. You know what the biggest gripe is right now? I'm just going to be honest tonight. I'm going to say I love the preacher. Can't nobody find nobody to work because the government's already switching over in their mind trying to go into a world, one world government. Whether you like it or not, it's here. 
Whether you like it or not, it's coming. It is upon us. And if we do not realize that Matthew chapter 24 is talking more about today than any other time that we're in, that we're seeing things begin to happen. We're seeing shortages all over. And I need to tell somebody something. This is man-made shortages. It's not because we don't have it. It's not because there's not enough cows. It's not because there's not enough vegetables. It's a man-made thing. And they're trying to prove into one thing. And they're trying to get you scared because when you get scared you're more easily to move into their stall because when you get scared you will not go from the dirt road to the pond <laughs> you'll get back in your truck and you'll go find something neater because when the church is scared, then they'll sit home. Everybody say, I love the preacher. And do online church. Thank you, online. But I'm so glad I'm here. They will do online church because they're scared about what's taking place in the world. Now, they ain't scared to go to Walmart. They ain't scared to go eat barbecue. But when it comes to worshiping God, they get to the place where they are scared and they say, I can worship God right here. And what happens is, is that you sit in a place and you get cold. The Bible said that the Bible said that the love of many will wax cold. The Bible calls it iniquity. And iniquity is this. Iniquity is sin that is known. It's not sin that's not known. Iniquity is sin that you already know that is running in your life, but you get so cold that you don't do anything about it to get it out. So that's why you would want to, but say, I love preacher. You'd want to sit home. Because it's easier to hide Everything I told you, I'm on it tonight. It's easier to hide at home with nobody there than to be held accountable. And we're in a situation where the end of the world, if we can scare the church, then we'll quit praying about a situation and we'll try to come up with means to fix it. The only way it's going to get fixed is through Jesus Christ. And let me say this real loud and clear. He already fixed the thing. We got to believe the thing and walk in the thing. Honey, that is true kingdom preaching from the top to the bottom. He already did it. He said it's finished. It's done. And now you got to believe it. But what happens is, is because we don't see it, it's hard to believe. So, he said, don't be misled. He said, don't be scared. But he says, endure. So that means that I, he's not just going to come down and just say, oh, brother Roger, I'm just going to move the devil down the block. 
No, he says, I want you to stand on your own two feet. I want you to know what I have said and I have established in my word. Because when he comes, I want you to endure it. Because what it's going to do is it's going to cause abs to show up where they wouldn't. One day we asked Lane, he was about 7th or 8th grade. He pulled his shirt off one day and he had, he had two abs there. And he said, look, Daddy. I said, where'd you get those? He said, they just showed up. That's a true story. That's what he said. They just showed up. And I looked at Anna. I said, I would say, show up on me. I told Anna, tonight, I said, I think I was 25 last time I seen an ab. <clears throat> because endurance will cause something inside of you to rise up at the right time because when the enemy brings pain against your life we all know that pain is an indication that there's something going on in your body that is about to take place because when pain comes it's a lot going on and saying there's something that isn't right that's going to be fixed when pain is going on it's an indication that the enemy is moving you and promoting you into the right place because without pain, there is no promotion. We got self-promoted Christians today. They just promote their self. We got parking lot prophets. Everybody say, I love the preacher. Let me tell you something. If you walk out of Life Changers Church and somebody meets you on a parking lot and says, I, I got a word for you, I want you to look at them right straight, square in the eyes and tell them, my pastor said don't talk to strangers and just keep on walking because I'm telling you right now, you can blame it on me. You can, you can blame it on me and tell them to come and see me because, because there's a difference. The Bible said if a man prophesy, let somebody interpret it. Don't you stand and let somebody call you out and tell you what God said you'll be misled and lied to and they're trying to get into your heart and life and Satan is trying to build you up so he can bring you down but God said I'm going to build you up so you can stand and God said when I bring you up ain't nobody going to bring you down so Matthew chapter 24 says that we got to Endure. Endurance is something that we lack. I'm going to tell another story. I was in the fifth grade. I was real skinny. Take it back, I was in the fourth grade. They was having a track meet, and it was a, it was a community track meet, but it was only for the fifth graders. <laughs> But my PE teacher come out and said, I'm going to take four fourth graders with me. And I mean, there were some fast dudes in there. So we're going to do a 220 relay. And I want everybody to line up together. So we're going to have one shot at it. And the four fastest fourth graders is going to get to get on the bus with the fifth graders. And you're going to get out of school. We're going to get you a Sonic hamburger. Ain't nothing like Sonic. 
Got the toothpick with a little mint. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Toothpick. I mean, I used to put them in the, in the corner of my truck and I'd turn my, 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 my big speakers on. I'd listen to Travis Tripp, member of a country club. Oh, should I say that? <laughs> now I'd have it all lined up with sonic toothpicks. I mean, that was a thing. So he got us all up there and we got on the line. He said, on your mark, get set. Ready? Go. Just like that. I mean, we took off. And I mean, I was getting This little old Indian, whoo, I was getting it. And I was running around through there. And I was coming around that first corner. And I don't know what happened, but I tripped. And I'm telling you, I was going so fast, I rode head over heel. I mean, I just rode like a snowball out of you know what. And I was going right down. I mean, I, I, I was rolling so fast, I was passing some of them up. I praise God. And when I got up, I, I, I looked, I looked, and I thought, whoo, like that, and they done passed me. So I took off again, and I was dead last. And I thought, well, I won't get to ride on the bus with the fifth graders. My PE coach come over, and he picked three of them. He looked, and he said, and the fourth one's going to be Roger Brown because he's got endurance. He didn't stay on the ground. He got back up. I'll never forget that. I got to ride on the bus with the fifth graders. Praise God. And, and, and we won the relay. And when I was in fifth grade, I was known as a track star. And it's all because I fumbled and I fell in the middle of I don't know what happened, but he noticed the endurance. I need to tell somebody it's not how fast you run. It's about when you get up. It's about not staying on the ground. It's about getting back up and finishing the race. In this generation, there's been a lot of troubles. There's been a lot of trials. There's been a lot of things that we've lost. We come out of one of the most historical years is when a pandemic hit the whole world, when the whole world shut down. I'm not talking about a few states. I'm not talking about a foreign country. I'm talking about every place in the world had shut down. And I told you then, it was a hard reset. God was doing something behind the scenes. And everybody got scared and got their mind on the government and what's going on but I'm telling you as far as life changes church I'm telling you right now when God said I want you to get up and I want you to get on a trailer and I want you to put it behind your church and I want you to tell everybody that'll come out you can sit in a lawn chair you can sit in your vehicle whatever you want to do but I want you to get ready because I'm doing a hard reset I'm telling you right now I'm telling you now there is an endurance that God is looking forward to and those that endure until the end. It's not time to give up. Number five. I got five minutes to get this out. He says, when the tribulations come, that at the coming of Jesus Christ, and let me tell you this, because some people don't like it, but I don't care. There's such thing as a powerful kingdom of God that indwells us. And it says we would not have to be judged by God's wrath. Yeah. 
God would not allow us to go through some of the stuff that we're going through to keep us here to face some of the stuff that is going to take place upon this earth. Now, we're going to have to endure until we get there, but he's coming back. And this is what he says in Luke 21. He says, change your posture. Those of you that are looking down, look up because your redemptive draweth nigh. You're not to walk around with your head. Most Christians are walking around with their head down. They're in gloom. They don't know what's going to happen. Preacher, I don't know what's going to happen to this world today. I don't understand. Sometimes I go to the coffee shop, and the first thing that they do is say, did you read the newspaper? I say, I ain't read the newspaper in 10 years. Well, why not? I said, because it's a bunch of garbage, and I ain't got time to listen to that stuff. Well, did you hear what happened over here? Well, did you hear what happened over there? I said, no, but did you hear what happened this morning? What happened this morning? I began to shout and praise God and the goosebumps got all over me and I'm telling you what, all heaven stopped what it was doing and it watched me dance before my God as he began to give me power to face the day. So he says, I don't want you to be misled. I don't want you to be scared. I don't want you, I want you to endure the fourth one. I skipped the fourth one. Help me. I got my notes, but I decided I'd just be better off. Just let the Holy Ghost do it. Listen, he said this gospel will be preached into the whole world. And right here in Pittsburgh, Kansas, we are in 143 nations. Right here. I didn't have to get on a plane. I didn't have, listen, thank God for all those that are and we support those that go and we do it all the time because we are supposed to support missionaries and if we don't, then we're never going to grow. And thank God for that. But I'm telling you right here, right now, all over the world, it has come to a place where the gospel is being preached all over the world. It said stars will fall out of heaven. You know what them stars are? Satellites. I didn't want to get into this. Listen. Technology has got to the place that no matter where you're at, you can be you can be anywhere you want to at a touch of a button. Used to when we fought wars, they'd have to telegram in what's happening. Now we can sit in our front room and we can watch the bombing of Israel. We can watch rockets after rocket after rocket go. We can sit and watch the world go into war and tear things apart by sitting in the comfort of our home and sit there and eating ding-dongs and drinking Dr. Pepper and just think, well, hmm. Why? Because iniquity would abound. The love of many would wax cold. The Apostle Paul said that in the last days uh, that our conscience would be 
seared like a hot iron. Do what we would do wrong during the day and go home and couldn't sleep at night because we did something wrong. Now we sleep like babies. Well, they had it coming. They messed with the wrong Indian. We make up excuses of why we treated somebody the way we treated them. And use this, well, I had a bad day. Well, how many bad days are you going to have? The Bible says, whatever you sow, it will be brought back to you. For God is not mocked whatsoever a man soweth, so shall he reap. And we're in a place right now where God is moving upon America and he has got a draw upon people getting saved. And the church is cold. We're cold. Some of you are sitting here right now trying to figure out how you're going to start your day. Trying to figure out what's going to do what, how you're going to get this done. I got a hundred things to do. This weekend's coming fast. I don't know what's going to happen. And the whole time, and the whole time, and the whole time, we stay cold. Tell me, we had some church tonight. God moved. What about tomorrow when nobody's not around and the praise team ain't there? What about when you're completely out of your pew? What's going to happen then? It's because we're cold. Our hearts. Like Isaiah said, Pastor Andy, come to piano, please. Like Isaiah said, he said, they praise me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And we're begging God for miracles. People in other countries would love to sit where you're sitting right now. They would love to drive to church in the air-conditioned car. They would love to be able to get out of church and go spend $20 at Brahms. Hang with me. Are you with me? No, are, are you really with me? We'll dollar God to death in the offering, but we'll run our bank account up at the restaurant. We like to plan big things. People are sitting in other countries. And they are watching online thinking, man, I wish I could be there. The American people 
You hear them all the time. I'm so sick and tired of this pandemic. I'm so sick and tired of messing up my schedule. I can't even go to a restaurant anymore. I can't go to a concert anymore. You know what you can do? You know what Life Changer said you can do? Go to church. There are still some churches that are shut down and decided that they're not going to start back up because they don't feel good about it. And that is okay. I, I'm not saying that that's wrong. But what I'm saying is, is that you got to get past being scared. you got to get past and take heed of what's going on in your heart. And don't be misled. Because there's a lot of people being misled. There's a lot of people missing. They're missing the opportunity to do what you just did here tonight. They got to change their posture. Listen, if you didn't get anything I said through this, change your posture. Quit looking down and quit looking straight. Look up. The hope of glory. The king of glory. Jesus said in Luke 19, he, he, he just met Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he, climbed up in the sycamore tree, went to Zacchaeus' house and, 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 and had dinner with him. And then he tells a parable and he said there was a certain nobleman who come in and he wanted to start a kingdom. And he gave one man five, he gave one man two and he gave one man one. And at the end of this parable, he says, occupy till I come. Listen, that means he said, I'm coming back. I don't want you to be lazy. I don't want you to be without. I don't want you to sit in fear. I don't want you to tremble. I don't want you to be this. He said, I want you to be about the business of the kingdom. I want people to know who I am. I want you to tell them what I'm doing. I want you to preach it in the streets. I want you to take your guitar, Randy. I want you to meet random people on the streets. I want you to go to Walmart and talk telling them what God's doing in their life. If you got to stand six feet away, then yell like you're in church and tell them how good God is and just be bold about it and get ready. Don't be wimpified and don't sit back and let this world consume you and be scared. This is the greatest time in American history to ever be in church and know Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let me just tone it down just for a minute in here. Pastor Anna. Change your posture.
We need you. Stand to your feet with me all over this place with you. If you're in this place tonight, you say, preacher, somewhere along the way, I've allowed the things of this world to consume me. I paid more attention to the dollar than I did the love of God. Just keep standing. Preacher, I've allowed past pains in my life to keep me agitated and upset and mad just keep standing preacher I have griped and complained about how the way America is going And I've been in church long enough. And I knew it was getting to this. But I've ignored it. Just keep standing.
Preacher, I've been more consumed and desirable of what my money could do than what the love of God could do. That's a tough one. And I've allowed all kinds of fear. And I've been scared. I've been so scared that I didn't, I didn't reach out and tell somebody about Jesus. One day there was a guy walked by my window and I was sitting in my office. He was on a skateboard and I knew this kid. I knew him. His daddy's a preacher here in this area. And he's lost and away from God. And something said, tell him I love him. And I sat there and I thought, he's on a skateboard. And I heard it the second time when I did, I jumped up out of my seat and I run to that front door. He was almost to the other block. And I said, hey! stopped on the skateboard, picked it up and he looked at me. He waved at me. I said, Jesus loves you. And he smiled at me. Throwed his skateboard down and went off and the devil said, yeah, he didn't pay no attention to you. I started to walk off and God said, there's a seed sown. It's real easy to come to Life Changers Church and sit around 75 or 80 people and clap and shout and all of this. But what are you going to do? Where's your faith at when you're all by yourself and you're challenged? We cannot live in this generation and know the terror and the horror that it's going to and come to church and smile like a possum and walk back outside and say, well, they're their own person. Just let them do whatever they want to do. Let me tell you something. Those days are over with. If it don't bring a tear to your eyes, if it does not absolutely bring you to your knees, if you're going to bed and you're laying down to sleep in the night and you ain't got a care in your world about what somebody else is going through or how they're doing it or whether if they died, they would go to a devil's hell. Let me tell you something. This generation won't even preach on hell because they say, well, we don't want to tell somebody that they're going to go to hell because it's abrasive. Honey, I'm telling you right now, my Bible said that he created hell for Satan and anybody that would follow Satan and not God would wind up in hell. I don't want nobody running through hell and crying out my name. Roger Brown, while I sat in your church, why didn't you tell me that hell was real? So while you're on your feet and you're still standing. So there's something there that I said that kept you on your feet. So all over this building, I just want you to close your eyes. I want you to bow your head. Whatever that iniquity, listen, don't be scared. But whatever that sin that is known, that you know, you know, right now whatever that iniquity is listen I'm not talking about cussing fighting and drinking that's that's things we listen I'm talking about that that sin that iniquity 
that thing that is justified. You justify it every day. You come to church and justify it. You read your Bible and justify it. You kneel down at the altar. God help me, but it's the truth. And you speak in tongues and call out to God and still justify some stuff. It's iniquity. And it's going to abound. And it's going to keep abounding until you get colder and you get colder and you get colder and you get colder. And hell's got more patience than you do. It'll wait on you and wait on you and wait on you until you ain't got enough strength to endure. So whatever that thing is, are your heads bound, not looking around. Whatever that thing is, whoever you can't get over, Whatever tragedy that happened in your life that you're real good about saying, well, you know, that happened then. But still yet, it still keeps you. See, there's a difference between county jail and prison. County jail, you're just in a cell in prison. There's a big old yard out there and a bunch of them just like you. You can make woodwork. You can make all kinds of things. You can get a degree. You can get on a computer. But you're still locked down. You're told when to eat. You're told when to shower. The enemy's sitting back and he's real good about keeping you in prison. My God, help me tonight. But he's about real good about, he's real good about keeping you in prison and telling you where you went to church, where you did this, where you did that. And iniquity, being cold, cold, cold. Whatever that is, my God, help me tonight. Online, if you're watching me online, wherever you're at, whatever that is. Whatever that cold feeling that just keeps you. That the love of God is only something that you accept, but not something that you give. You want God to love you, but you can't love them. It slowed you down, it stopped your blessings, it keeps you, you're miserable. Can't hardly ride to church with your husband or your wife without getting into a fight. You can't get on the phone and talk without getting into an argument. Ain't nothing satisfied. You're trying to figure out what's going on, trying to figure out your problem, trying to figure out this. My God, I'm talking to somebody. And it's a constant battle. And it's a mess and it's miserable. And it's the only way you know how to live. You've never been able to have that freedom. Who am I talking to? world is going to hell in a handbasket and it's falling apart but you're still going to church you're still talking about revivals you're still talking about a move of God help me Jesus 
I didn't know my altar call was going to be 20 minutes, but I'm feeling the Holy Ghost right now. Whoever I'm talking to, change your posture. Quit being weak and looking down and start looking up because your redemptive power and God himself, he's looking at you. I was going to church. Gas stations closed down on Sundays. Restaurants was closed on Sundays. The world seen the church in a position. The economy started flourishing. Preachers started moving. People started getting healed. The senators couldn't pass bills because before they passed anything, they called the preachers and asked them. Now they don't have to call the preachers because the preachers are cold. Are y'all ready for this? Are y'all ready for this? Churches are setting back while their own cities, their counties. Suicide in teenagers is high. People are getting divorced after 25, 26, 27 years of marriage. Church people, been in church all their life. Say, we ain't got along in 15 years. You're telling me you stood and taught Sunday school for 15 years? Never got, it's because iniquity and cold. Listen to me, somebody, somebody hear me. And cold, and cold, and cold. Because iniquity will abound. The love of many will wax cold. So our posture is this. When it ought to be this. Somebody said one time not long ago Said they woke up one morning and said the devil said, I'm going to give you COVID. He said he sat there for a minute and realized what, what voice it was. Said he jumped up and he screamed. He said, don't threaten me with heaven. Don't be scared. Close your eyes with me one more time. Father, I believe there's ample enough time in this place that whatever isn't right in their heart, God, you took that old poker and you begin to move it around. Them old coals just needed to be stirred up and the Holy Ghost needed to blow and start that fire again. My daddy would start a fire one time a year in that old Ashley Wood heater. He'd never light a mass but one time. 
He'd open up the door. He would take that old poker and he would go. And the Holy Ghost is still doing the same thing. God's poking on you tonight. Somebody's hearing me. God's poking on you tonight and the Holy Ghost is blowing on your situation. Father, there's ample enough time. I believe that you dealt with them tonight. I believe that online you dealt with them tonight. So Father, I thank you for the power and your glory that in this place tonight, God, you would do your work your power and you would move Lord that you would stir up it can't go on like it's going on I don't know you but God says it can't go on like it's going on it's time my daughter to make that swift move toward me Because I'm in control. I'm releasing the fragment <laughs> and the fragrance of heaven. Ah, it's filling the room. Don't stay but move toward me embrace me embrace me hallelujah there's been an ongoing battle in your life for some years hmm It has drained you. <laughs> but you keep getting up. Keep standing. I don't know what's going on right now, but there's some things behind the scenes. Mm -mm -mm. The Holy Ghost is moving. He's healing. Anando sota that my she iroko sota aba isha anda isha atatot. Yes, Holy Ghost. Yes, Holy Ghost. There's been a ten-year battle. God said tonight it's over. Habo sota freedom, freedom. Shalobuko sota. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Ghost. <sighs> Father, feel this place.
And in that old song, I know I'm getting you off guard here, but that old song we sing it a lot. Holy ground. Holy ground. Thank you, Jesus. Hang on with me just a minute. Somebody's getting a healing right now. You're contemplating making a doctor's appointment. Somebody hear me. All over this building. You're contemplating making a doctor's appointment. The physician's here. Listen to this old song. receive your healing right now. My God, if you can't feel that, your feelers are messed up. Somebody's relationship and somebody's marriage needs to be healed.
Come on now. slacking in your ministry and it's not God's fault it's yours you said in your mind I expected something different to change I don't know who I'm talking to right now it feels like you're in the same rut you're going through the same thing and you're fighting the same battle and the thing about it is is you get so far and you get comfortable. And the visions you have, I don't know who I'm talking to. Maybe it's right there on that camera, but I feel like there's somebody here. There's visions and dreams that you've had about your own ministry, but you let you set yourself up for failure every time. You get to a place and you get cold. And you blame it on everybody else. But the desire to praise him. And to pray in the morning. And have that secret time with him in your word. Is very rare. And far and in between. And you secretly hold a, judge, a grudge. Because nothing's happening. But it's just that iniquity keeps pulling you back in. Somebody receive your miracle on that right now. Right now. Right now. Father, I thank you for the sweetness of your spirit that we sense here right now. God, you've spoken many truths to us tonight. Let us grasp it, God. Pull it to us, and God, let us repent and walk free from all iniquity. All iniquity, Father God. 
In the name of Jesus. Bless your people, Father. Amen.